everyone and welcome to another episode of Living on Blockchain. Today we are speaking to Wes Levitt. Wes is uh, the head of strategy for Theta Network. And Theta Network is basically a leading purpose-built blockchain for video, media, and entertainment. Uh, he's also a partner at Alpha Sigma Fund. So we talked about the bear market and uh, you know his investment thesis with uh, Alpha Sigma Fund, uh, what is happening next at Theta. It was a very exciting conversation and I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So let's deep dive right in. Hi, Wes. How are you doing today? I'm good, Teresa. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for making out the time uh, once again for this recording. For our listeners, uh, would you uh, mind giving us a bit of an intro? Uh, you know, how did you get into Web3 and what you're doing currently? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Wes Levitt. I'm head of strategy at Theta Labs, which is the creator of the Theta blockchain and, and overall Theta ecosystem. Um, Theta is a layer one focused in the media and entertainment space, um, although it is a, a general purpose EVM compatible chain. So anything can be built on, on Theta. Uh, our focus comes from our background in the media and entertainment space. And so we focus on blockchain applications that, that benefit that sector. Um, I've been with Theta since early 2018, uh, and I got into the space originally, uh, you, you know, as a hobbyist uh, further back, maybe 2015, 2016, uh, early into, relatively early into BTC, because I, I would always see it pop up on Reddit, and so started learning more about it, and it traded a little bit back then, but nothing nothing that material. Unfortunately, it was not a, a big holder from back in those days. But um, my, my background in, in professionally, I was working in real estate finance and then in real estate private equity and wasn't really looking at crypto as a, as a, a sector for career-wise. But in grad school, I stepped into a few courses in Berkeley's computer science department while I was doing an MBA. And uh, I was blown away in 2016 and 2017 by how much developer enthusiasm there was for crypto. Um, and it seemed like half of the class uh, of, of that year's CS class was all focusing on crypto full time. And then half the students in my business school class and half the law school, law school kids were trying to join these classes too. So that's when it kind of clicked for me that this had gone beyond this interesting experiment that I used to read about on Reddit to like a lot of attention and resources was going into this. And so around that time in 2017 is when I uh, you know, really got interested and wanted to move into the space full time. And was fortunate enough to meet the, the team at Theta through some contacts I, I had in the area, in Bay Area. Um, yeah, and joined the team in 2018. And we've been building ever since. Awesome. So, you know, it's, it's been quite a journey that you've had so far. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very different uh, space to be in than than real estate. I tell you, which is as staid and traditional as it gets, but their mentality of how they do business and and how how fast change happens. So that was really the the number one thing that attracted me to the space is just that there's so many interesting ideas about how blockchain tech is evolving and how different token economics models can be applied. So it, it's just. It was fascinating to to see a space that encouraged so much iteration and development and, and things moving so quickly compared to the boring old uh, real estate I was right. that, That's really what hooked me and made me realize I wanted to be in this space full time. 
Right. So, you know, that, that is absolutely true. I think a lot of people are very intrigued by uh, the Web3 space because uh, just because of the sheer velocity at which, uh, you know, things move in the space, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned uh, that, you know, you, you were uh, a part, you, you were taking some courses as well, uh, you know, earlier and uh, all, or you saw a lot of excitement around Web3 in, amongst the students there. Uh, do, do you feel that you know finally the you know the students and the perhaps the new age developers who are now uh, getting ready to the job market they are really uh, taking Web three seriously because I feel a few years ago uh, you know it was still considered very high risk and uh, people were a little averse. Do you think that perception has changed? Yeah, I think yeah, uh, if we make the distinction what you're talking about how if it's developers going into the space, then yeah, I think that perhaps perception has changed. I, I think no one looks at crypto as low risk after the last year, but that's from a price or or, or investment perspective that it's still looked at as high risk. But I think every year that goes by where development just keeps chugging along and, and protocols keep getting built, even in this bear market, you haven't seen development slow down one bit. Um, right. So I think, yeah, the new the the either coming out of school or just young developers just you know independently um looking to work in this space i think they're seeing it as just as um valid as ever uh if not more so because the mm-hmm. at least that's the message i'm seeing is that you know by this time everyone kind of knows about the market cycles in crypto there's going to be bull markets right. and bear markets but if you're yeah. a developer who just wants to build interesting stuff, I, I think it's pretty clear now that this space will be around for a long time. Um, it, there's enough, uh, you know, a critical mass of, of developer talent excited about it that even if there's an extended decline in prices, that's not going to stop people from being interested in, in, in building new crypto protocols. Yeah, absolutely. I think, especially with the market hitting us hard, I think uh, more uh, than the bull market, perhaps, uh, the real builders and people who really want to create sustainable solutions, uh, they they become more prominent. There's less noise, right? Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. It's 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 kind of a double-edged sword. It's always painful in some ways and frustrating from uh, a perspective of trying to do business development and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, in some ways, it, it is, I guess, the silver lining of the bear market is you get less of the the people just attracted to the 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 returns and you know the 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 people that are just jumping from one hot sector to another you know they were in uh cannabis and then they were in this and that and then they were in evs and then they're in crypto just because they're chasing whatever's kind of that thing at the moment those people go away so that's that's nice <laughs> yeah, that is nice. I agree. So, uh, you know, what about uh, Terra Labs? Like, what are you guys building next? What is the one uh, milestone that you're excited about? Yeah, the the thing that I'm most excited about this coming year, uh, and it's not something that's uh, brand new coming out, but um, so you know what we built originally, the core solution of, of Theta is we have our own startup video platform. We wanted a way to. Uh, reduce the the cost of distributing video, the bandwidth costs for uh, video platforms like ours. And so uh, we built the Theta protocol around that idea. And then uh, as part of that, we, there's tens of thousands of users running what we call edge nodes around the world. And they're the backbone of, of how you get that done. They uh, take in video segments and relay them to other users who want to 
watch that same video stream. Um, but then once that network of, of nodes was out there, we started uh, expanding what an edge node could do because users were saying, that's great. I've got this bandwidth I can share with other users and earn tokens uh, for the work I do for the network, but I've also got compute power or I've got free storage. And so it, it's evolved to where we started looking at the edge network is uh, it can offer all kinds of decentralized services for primarily in the video, segment sector but in other ways as well so like uh users that have a lot of spare compute on these devices that they want to contribute we have started having the the these edge nodes do the encoding or transcoding of videos as well so they're not just relaying it taking a video segment and relaying it sometimes they'll do transcoding work to make it a different bit rate um or or this year we're rolling out where they can do the actual storage of bod video as well so that's what I'm kind of excited about. This is becoming more and more generalized as just these worker nodes that can contribute all kinds of resources um, on this decentralized network. There's even a few AI startups that have uh, uh, announced they're going to start working with our edge network because they're going to use uh, this distributed network of nodes to do uh, compute for, for different language learning models and, and uh, uh, you know, other uh, data set training that they, they use for their, their, these AI startups. So, um, even though, you know, we our focus will always be media entertainment. That's kind of our DNA and what we build around. It's very cool to see right. other people seeing the value of this and saying, that's great. But, you know, we found some other uses for what you built uh, as well. And we think that's, you know, that's great. We're encouraging that. Yeah. You know, what you guys are doing, absolutely. There's like immense value there. And it's very interesting that, you know, you're, you're staying ahead of the curve by, you know, integrating AI as well, because I think AI is become like the next big thing uh you know everybody is talking about it and everybody wants to incorporate or have a piece of it uh you know on the platform that they're building on i'm not sure how healthy is that but uh you know what you guys are bringing i think uh that's that's actual value yeah yeah it's definitely yeah become the the new hot thing so uh right. i'm not surprised you'll probably see it creep into pretty much every uh, every sector is going to find a way to, to incorporate AI in some way. So it's almost like it's right. just being its own, its own silo. Uh, pretty much any business, uh, any sector is going to start seeing ways that they're going to start using it. Um, and so I, I think it's natural. You'll probably see it um, showing up in a lot of different places, emerging that way, where even if you didn't intend to, um, it, it's just going to be uh, part, of, part of a lot of different use cases now. Right, yeah. So uh, can you tell me a little more about how you are uh, perhaps integrating AI onto uh, the platform? Because uh, from what my, uh, my understanding is that, you know, Theta is, uh, is an infrastructure layer, right, for media and entertainment on chain. Correct? Yeah, me? So, yeah that's right. So we're, we're basically, uh, th this network, the, the, the Theta L1 is basically like, you can think of it as the payment rails for this network of, of nodes that do work, right. productive work for the network. So um, you know, we you could you could have the all these users running the devices around the world and and streaming video and doing compute and storage tasks um, without a blockchain if you wanted to, but it wouldn't be very robust because no one's going to do it for free. So that's the whole reason why you you have it connected to data blockchain so that these users earn rewards for doing this work and then they're incentivized to keep doing it. Um, so in in the context of that, we're not integrating AI specifically into 
uh, anything we're doing at Peta, at least not now, you know, right. who knows how, how it's going to emerge where something could be useful for Peta users as well. But we have this, this platform that anyone can use to, to uh, tap into these nodes and have productive work done. And it's just, we're seeing a few AI startups that are uh, seeing it. Basically they could be, uh, they're seeing a, an opportunity to be clients of or customers of this network. Uh, and start using it. So, um, yeah, it's it's not too clear. It's not anything directly tied into data blockchain that we're doing with AI, but it's just one more group of users or or, or customers you may want to call it that are interested in being uh, using the network. Okay, that's very interesting. I think, and that's a good use case, right? Uh, with your existing uh, infrastructure, so that that's brilliant. So, in case yeah, somebody yeah. wants to, you know, perhaps check it out, they can directly go on your website. Is is there uh, any kind of a wait list, or is this live? Yeah. So, um, if, if you want to start building, I mean, the 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 data blockchains, you can check out our GitHub uh, link to offer our easiest way to start is on our website, datatoken.org, and then uh, you you can find links to our GitHub and all documentation. Um, but of course, if you're if you're serious about building and want to um, get started, you can also reach out to me or uh, some any of our developers that are uh, active on our social media. We, we since it's early days, we do work pretty hand in hand with a lot of the teams to to help them uh, understand how to how to build out on data. Awesome, awesome. Every developer, I think, uh, or anybody who's building on a platform, loves that. Uh, extra help, I, I feel. I don't know, it takes a village to create a sound platform. Uh, so it's great that you guys like lend a helping hand there. Uh, so moving on from there, I can see on your uh, like your profile, I've seen that you know you you're a part of some investment uh, syndicates as well. Is that uh, is that something that you're still doing actively? Or uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So since uh, about 2020, I've been a partner at a small crypto fund called Alpha Sigma Capital. Um, okay. And so we're, uh, uh, we started basically with myself and a few other partners uh, investing some crypto uh, into the fund. Uh, and there's okay. a few outside LPs as well now too that, uh, that participate. But yeah, we're just, we've been active investors for um, the last few years. And um, yeah, we, we, we focus on uh mostly on use cases that we think are interesting that are doing, have some real world use uh, or revenue generation or something else because myself and the other partners come from finance or traditional backgrounds. So that's a little bit more what we know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a really, I, I really enjoy that doing this on the, the side because I feel like it, one, it, it keeps me tapped into a lot of new developments in crypto, which is beneficial on the data side as well, but it's also helped me um, see the trends coming and, and basically be better at um, positioning theta to, to take advantage of what we're seeing in the crypto space as well. So just by the nature of it, it keeps you where you, you have to be on top of the space 24-7 and you, you're, you're keeping abreast of all developments. So I think it's really been really productive. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, this is uh, something that I, I guess a lot of entrepreneurs would be curious about. Since the bear market has kind of hit, hit uh, you know, has have you seen like a bit of a slowdown in the way, you know, you're deploying capital or uh, ha has the parameters uh, changed perhaps? Like, have they changed in the way you decide to deploy uh, capital in uh, upcoming platforms? Yeah, it, it definitely slowed down. 
uh, the level that we're missing. And it depends also if, if you're talking on the liquid or illiquid side. Definitely on the liquid side, uh, investing in, in trading tokens and, and cryptocurrencies, it's slowed down a lot just because, you know, for the past six to 12 months, it's hard mm-hmm. to invest when you don't know if things are still going down quite a bit more. Um, but on the venture side, like we or at our side, we're only doing you know, early seed stage stuff. Um, but as long as it's at a reasonable valuation, we've still been in, investing in in some newer uh, protocols just because or, or early stage companies, because that's a long term bet anyway. If if you know, you're expecting that to be a five, 10 year uh, potentially before you're seeing a return on it, you're not as concerned about. Uh, the exact point in the market you're investing in. You're just trying to focus on, is it a good team? Uh, do they have a, uh, a useful solution they're building out? And do you trust that they have the ability to, to execute and get it done? So that's been ongoing. But yes, we've been very skittish about uh, you know uh, our BTC and ETH holdings the last year. We, we in, in fact, for a significant part of the last year, we've just been in cash. Uh, or, or hedging to to protect our other uh, liquid investments because yeah it's just the throughout the past year you've just seen that there's there's always been another shoe to drop <laughs> uh, right. to, to butcher that expression but uh, uh, it, it yeah it, it's you know part of it is um, sentiment based because as things get worse and worse the people who aren't true believers they're gonna keep selling out um but part of it is also the contagion risk as you saw like many of the blow-ups in the last year it's not like they were unrelated they were all counterparts yeah Yeah, Um, that's true and and even with silvergate you know over the last couple days while it wasn't explicitly their counterparties that um blew up it wasn't like bad loans they were making as you might like a 2008 scenario um their loans were all safe but um the big catalyst for for this run on silvergate is most of their uh the their depositors crypto companies Hmm. either losing money or pulling out of of markets and for whatever reason um decreasing their deposits at the bank so you know, if FTX hadn't blown up, a lot of those companies would have been in a better position, had more reserves. And so then Silvergate in turn would have more deposits and then they wouldn't have a run on the bank. So it's all connected. They're all uh, counterparties to each other in one way or another. And so we're just, our, our concern has been, what is the extent of it? And are there any other dominoes waiting to fall? I think at this point, it seems like most of the leverage is, is out of or this Sort of counterparty risk collectively seems to be out of the system. There's a lot of companies left, like say labs, where you know we don't have any exposure to any of these guys. We just have our 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 treasury, and then we just build. So my my sense is most companies in the crypto space are closer to like Theta Labs is now, where you know it's unfortunate, but none of these other companies blowing up really has any direct effect on our ability to continue to to build and execute on our plan. I hope there's not too many others coming, but it's yeah. tough to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can never be too careful, uh, especially as you, as you mentioned, that there is a bit of a domino effect. And I say this a lot. I think all the 
a stake. It's a, it's a small industry. It's a small space, and somehow it's a very incestuous space. Uh, you know, a, a bad actor can have like an impact on a lot of other platforms as well because everybody is involved uh, in one way or the other with you know the other platforms. And because the ecosystem is small, it it can create mass uh, ripple effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of uh, you know what you're perhaps because the market is the way it is and you know you are being very careful what trends or what kind of platforms or what category would you feel that you know you're still very bullish on mm-hmm. um what the the sort of general space i'm still most bullish on naturally since this is what's built in i guess is is still entertainment and gaming and just broadly the non-financial aspect of uh, the crypto space um and for a couple of reasons one uh i've just seen uh the interest uh in what we're building in the data space be a lot more resilient um compared to some of the other crypto use cases like i i think it'd be very tough to be running like a leveraged uh derivatives trading platform right now because one, it's got a bad name after the some of these blowups, and two, I think the regulatory pressure on those kind of platforms are, is going to be immense, uh, and, and and it's probably going to you know they're not done. You know, even just the last few days, you're seeing more um, uh, more activity from, and I'm I'm, I'm taking a U.S. centric uh, approach here. The U.S. regulators are coming still coming down quite hard. If you're outside the U.S., I think there's a lot of uh, actually a lot of uh, reasons to be hopeful about regulators. Hong Kong is loosening restrictions. Dubai is obviously, like we talked about earlier, becoming a a great hub for Web3. But the US, it's going to be tough. And if you're doing something complex in financial markets, it's going to be even tougher for you. But I think things we're doing in the entertainment space and video streaming uh, and and compute power for these different, uh, different products or in gaming, which we have a little bit of overlap with and, and, and touch on uh, with NFT gaming, these are far less controversial. And the companies we talk to in the entertainment space don't really care at all that much about FTX blowing up because they're kind of like, well, that doesn't exactly have much to do with us. Um, so with these clouds sort of coming overhead with regulators coming in, I'm pretty happy about being in this side of the, the crypto space, I think it's going to do well in the coming years. Whereas if it's, if you're trying to run something that, you know, a, a stable coin or something else that threatens, or at least is perceived to threaten the traditional financial system, it, mm. it could be, it could be a pretty tough few years. Right. You know, yeah, I think uh, I do concur to quite an extent. Um, your, your insights are, uh, pretty good here like i think this is giving me a lot of food for thought so uh, i i do think that you know that it is important that some kind of uh, regulation is there especially because there are there are certain bad actors that kind of uh, have ruined the pie for a quite quite a lot of platforms that were perhaps uh, not doing anything wrong but they didn't get uh, you know uh, they did face the brunt of this entire thing uh, that has happened, especially with the FTX, uh, you know, debacle. That was that had quite a cascading effect, and you know, I I saw it uh, personally that uh, a lot of my partners were affected, and you know, there were so many funds that had closed down as well because of the same impact. So we can't, yeah. you know, just to avoid that kind of a repeat of something like that, 
uh, we do need uh, to put in uh, certain string, you know stringent measures perhaps yeah 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 agreed so uh, you know down to perhaps less serious uh, subject matters that you know there are a lot of content creators and a lot of like builders in this space and uh, our listeners are always looking to follow and look at new people in the space that are actually perhaps making this space a little more approachable for them pushing out the right kind of information do you have any recommendations uh, of you know of content creators or builders who are putting out the right kind of information yeah i don't there's not a i don't have like a, a go to um but i do follow a bunch of folks on crypto twitter which i for a long time i didn't just because it can be a little of a you know, wild west and you don't know who you're actually following. It's a lot of craziness, but so I kind of wrote off crypto Twitter as a little unserious. Um, but the last year or so, I actually have started following a bunch of folks and I, you know, there's a lot of noise with the signal, but there's a lot of good right. info as well. Um, you have to sift through it a little bit, but it really is where some of the, the cutting edge discussions are happening about how DeFi protocols should evolve or what is what's actually generating value in web three and what's just hype. Um, mm. In my opinion, now I've kind of come around. I think you have to be on crypto Twitter and following some of these folks, even the ones you disagree with um, right. to be in the That's conversation. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it's not the only place people discuss Twitter, uh, discuss crypto, but Twitter is, um, by far the most important one, in my opinion. Right. So, Got to get on it if you're not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I get so much information off my Twitter. And people, like you said, you have to uh, follow the folks at times you perhaps even disagree with. Because otherwise, it's very easy to get into your own eco chamber, right? And just be talking to people who are agreeing or hold similar opinion like you do. Then you, know, you don't really uh, get to challenge your own opinions. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I one of the guys I like following is uh, Liron Shapira, who is mm. uh, very anti-crypto and basically calls out, half his Twitter is calling out why he thinks uh, A16Z is, is basically a fraud, running Ponzi schemes and all this. I don't agree with everything he says, but I, I do agree with some of the criticisms he puts out of crypto um, and and the hype versus actual value being delivered. And I think it's, great okay. to have a voice like that and keeps you honest to follow that and un understand uh the other side of it you know we all know it's very easy to be in a crypto echo chamber and just hear people talking about uh only bullish things and how crypto is going to take over the world and it's not healthy to just be stuck in that mindset and never never face any criticism yeah absolutely i think you're, you're right because as builders in this space if we are not uh, you know, perhaps listening or paying attention to the other side of people who have uh, at times just criticism, but at times those criticism is constructive as well, because actual value is only going to get created if we pay attention to that and uh, make the space a little better, more mature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we are running a little short on time, but uh, there, there are... Uh, a few more questions that I wanted to get to, but uh, I, I think uh, I would love to know your uh, take about, uh, you know, which particular, you know, sector within Web3, like, do you, are you betting very high on infrastructure a bit, and do you think that the next wave in the 
uh, bull market what would be the bedrock of that wave what kind of, would it be tooling it would be infrastructure do you think it'd be more on defi or nfts uh, mm-hmm. what would your speculation there be yeah it's a interesting one because i think now with the collapse of of you know some of the big uh, largest companies in the space of the last year and fdx being obviously the biggest there's a lot of soul searching going on and people wondering what is the do the narratives that we put our faith in do these still make sense or what do we believe uh, as crypto space overall where where what's going to be the moment that um let's it go mainstream or deliver value or regain the trust of people after a lot of skeptics um, uh, have been created over the last year um I think broadly speaking, it's going to come down to um, crypto apps or or blockchain based apps that don't necessarily uh, don't necessarily come across in your face about the fact that it's leveraging cryptocurrency because to the extent that in the mainstream crypto has gotten a bit of a bad name, that probably is a hindrance to mass adoption of, of a lot of crypto protocols. But I don't right. think people will refuse to use an app that is useful to them just because it involves crypto. They may, it may just be headline risk, if you want to call it that. Um, NFTs in particular, I think, uh, you know, the, 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 most of the attention went to your Board 8 Yacht Club or CryptoPunk. But right. there's a lot of cool applications that are using NFTs to like... Uh, for, for ticketing or like we we create a product where nfts are used for drm for uh to give you rights to watching a video like if you buy a a, a movie uh for example you could use a your your token that shows that you purchased it as an nft so it's uh it's seamless with a crypto wallet that you have access to the movie and it's it's immutable that you own this piece of content but i don't know that you know, in our early um, versions that we're putting out this, it's mostly to crypto native folks. So they like that the fact that it's an NFT is front and center. I think if this really goes mainstream, it would probably be in a case where you know, we'll obfuscate that it's actually an NFT under there. In the same sense that most people using the internet don't really understand the inner workings of like the plumbing of how uh, data is routed over the internet. I barely understand it. So. Right. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think you need to or should need to uh, understand that stuff. And that combined with the, the questionable reputation crypto has acquired in certain circles, it may be similar to just say, look, this is incredible technology under the hood. It's great. You guys built it. We're going to keep it under the hood and we're not going to say anything about crypto. We're just going to build an app that's really useful that uses that. And then users are going to enjoy that and see value in that app. Um, and I think that may be kind of what we see in the next bull run driving it because, yeah. you know, just just uh, building something that's only useful for the crypto faithful, which one, isn't that many people, but two, it's just it's the same people that are already well-versed in this stuff is not going to drive uh, something. It needs to be something that's useful to people outside of our, our small group of developers and, and, and crypto natives. Right. No, I, I think you're absolutely right there. Uh, it needs to be sound uh, platforms that are actually driving in value. Otherwise, uh, you know, that 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 has to become like the bedrock of the next program. 
I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, this bear market will push uh, some folks into really building uh, sound solutions and uh, really proving the metal and proving the naysayers wrong. Who you know, uh, because as you said, we already have a perception problem, and uh, we wouldn't want to you know uh, aggravate it in any way. Uh, okay, so before I uh, wrap this up, I would love to uh, ask you uh, this question that I can actually ask all the guests who come on my show. Do you have? Would you have any advice for people who are uh, still, you know, a little dicey about getting into Web three? And uh, what would be your two cents to make them start living on blockchain? Yeah, it's um, it depends on if you're, I'd say, from a, if it's from a personal perspective. I mean, that's the great thing about uh, the space that. You can get involved as much as you want. Uh, there's no barrier to to entry. You don't have to be certified or get a degree. Just start digging into um, different different apps or protocols that interest you. Um, and if you're so inclined and have some skills to offer, I mean, you, you can oftentimes start developing with them. You know, it's it's not like when you say get into the space, it doesn't mean necessarily quit your job and then go apply for a job in crypto. You can just start building alongside or following protocols and helping out where you think you can help out. And that's how a lot of people get involved in the space to begin with. Um, on the professional side, yeah, there's a little more professional risk in enterprise, the the headline risk of, of using blockchain now, but yeah, the, the protocols in the space are very used to doing um, proof of concepts or, or, or different types of, uh, you know, demos that you can do. So I, I think start that way with low risk ways you can just prove value. Um, you don't have to start off by announcing that, you know, your entire product line now runs on blockchain rails out of nowhere, you know, just test and experiment and iterate on what you're building. Cause that's sort of the mindset of most builders in the crypto space anyway. So it's a, it's a great way to, to get something started and see how it works. Absolutely. I think that the, that is sound advice for anybody who's still sitting on the fence and peering at the edge and get trying, thinking of getting into Web3. Thank you so much, Wes, for taking out the time uh, to do this conversation. Any parting thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, no, thanks for having me, Tisha. Um, like, like I said, we're still, very, uh, we're still very excited about what we're building, regardless of the, the noise and bear market. In some ways, it's actually a little easier. So um, definitely welcome any one of your listeners that wants to get involved. You can easiest way to uh, find out is start following us uh, on Twitter, Theta underscore network, or check out our, our GitHub and docs and get started. And um, yeah, yeah, we're always happy to, to bring up more developers and, and bring, uh, bring them into our community. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will take you up on that offer. Uh, thank you so much once again, Wes, for taking out the time. Uh, this has been a lovely conversation. Yeah, thanks a lot. Nice, nice talking to you, Jerusha.